Hi, welcome to City of Parramatta Libraries uh, Parapods. So this is our podcast. Uh, uh, I'm here. I'm Catherine, and I'm here with my colleague Nissa. Hello. And hi, Nissa. Well, we're going to be discussing um, some interesting books today, and our topic is actually pioneering celebrities, and I guess the price of fame. Uh, of course, in our podcast, you know, we address many themes and uh, over the next, um, you know, sort of weeks and months, we hope to address more. But today, Nissa, mm-hmm. look, um, do you want to tell our listeners about the books that uh, we're going to discuss? Sure. So we've got two books. Um, good news. Catherine and I have both read those books, both books. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is Inside Out, a memoir by Demi Moore. Um this was published by Fourth Estate, which is an imprint of HarperCollins, in September 2019. So uh, very, very recently, so only a few weeks ago, actually. Yes. Uh, the next book, or well, the other book we're going to look at is A Woman Like Her, The Short Life of Candil Baloch, uh, published by Bloomsbury in July 2019. Um, the book may also be found under a different title, uh, which is The Sensational Life and Death of Gandhil Baloch, published by Rupa and Co. in May 2018. Um, I think that was published in India and, public, and well, distributed in the Indian subcontinent. So that is the other book we'll be looking at. Catherine, Inside Out, Demi Moore. Um, all over the news, I know there are a lot of excerpts from it or, you know, taken out of context or within context or whatever have made it into um you know sort of tabloid magazines uh-huh. uh television shows excerpts from interviews with her um the actual book though very interesting what do you think mm. uh thanks nissa look actually uh nissa i loved the book and um i was surprised actually at the quality of uh to me Moore's writing and you know what i was a little bit interested when I was reading the acknowledgements to see that her first acknowledgement was actually a, a wonderful journalist and writer called Ariel Levy. And uh, well, apparently they're friends and they've uh, collaborated on this book. So I'm not too sure how much Ariel Levy contributed in terms of uh, perhaps, you know, the, the style and uh, certainly not the content, but the sort of um, very polished and uh, reflective, um, and and the style of memoir that uh, Ariel Levy, because she had a very breakout uh, memoir, I think it was 2018, uh, The Rules Don't Apply. Now that was one of, that was regarded as one of the really good memoirs of that year. So, you know, Demi Moore certainly had a, a really excellent mentor that, I, that probably helped to lift the standard of this book um, you know, way above, you know, some of the biographies of, you know, Hollywood um, actresses and celebrities. Yeah. But, I mean, going back to the theme, um, yeah, certainly the theme of this book is very candid and uh, reflective. It's, um, I, I think in many ways, in the same way that, um, I know we discussed a book recently by Sally Fields, which uh, was also, which also really, um, I suppose, was a very candid look at a woman's life and an actress, and more importantly, it kind of struck a note in terms of maybe the Me Too, Me Too movement, or perhaps just you know 
human rights because Demi Moore was one of the very first actresses to demand to be paid, um, if not equally, at least to be paid, you know, really quite a decent salary. Um, but I mean, even compared to her then husband, Bruce Willis, she would have been perhaps getting even half a salary. And I mean, nothing much has changed, um, but uh, we can always be hopeful that, um, you know, things like this will kind of uh, equalise. So, um, let me think. Um, Do you know the funny thing is when you said that thing about Sally Field, that's what I thought as well when I read the book. Yeah. I I thought of Sally Field. I guess it's because that's a recent or relatively recent memoir mm. that we both read. I, that honesty thing. But again, exactly what you said, reflective. That is mm. that is the impression I got as well. That mm. it's it's such a it's a reflective book of the issues that happened mm. in her past. You know, with her mother, um, dysfunctional relationship that she had with her. Um, the issues she had during her, well, the three different marriages that she went through, she's she's able to reflect on, she's able to reflect on all of that now in a really, really mature way. Yeah, in a really mature way. And yeah. there's this lovely quote from the book: um, "I've since come to understand that there is no such thing as someone loving you enough to be better. People, people can only be as good as they are, no matter how much they love you." And yeah. I'm like, that is that was lovely. And, you know, Nissa, I think she was referring to her mother, Ginny, and uh, she had had a very uh, troubled relationship with her mother, who was a very young mother and probably neglective, uh, probably really not mature enough to parent in a really, you know, positive well, she was, way. She was a teenager, I think, her mother when Demi was born. Yeah. Um, and... Um, I think she was also bipolar as well. Subsequently, they found that out. Yeah. You know, the funny thing about the name, Demi Moore, I think she pronounces it Demi, but, you know, we all know her as Demi. I actually thought she was Greek or she had a Greek heritage. Really? Um, based, I don't know why I thought that. Maybe because of her, you know, she's got these, this beautiful long dark hair. And she does have name. exotic good looks. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it turns out that her mum got that name from a beauty product. She did. I, I was disappointed when I read yeah. that. Yeah. I thought, well, I was hoping for something a bit more interesting. But you I know, know. <laughs> so don't you think demi, demi gods, and you know things like that. But um, no, she did have a sort of a mixed uh, heritage, and uh, you know that often does uh, create you know very, very gifted uh, in terms of good looks. You know, <laughs> mix, mix up the genetics. I always <laughs> encourage. Um, what were your thoughts about... I know gender plays a big issue in this book. Mm. So, for example, um, I think she talks about how 13-year-olds having sex with adults, 13-year-old females having mm. sex with adults was not uncommon in her circles, mm. which sounds, like, super horrifying. And then you read about how, you know, her ex-husband, the first one from whom she gets the name more, um, he hooked up with a 14-year-old after her. Um, and this was a guy who was... I think well in his 20s or 30s there's also that issue of uh, quite famously um, now that you know excerpts of the memoirs have been leaking out leaking out um, when she was 15 there was an older man who had some sort of possibly financial arrangement with her mother and he had sex with her because of that uh, which she considers rape um, yes. so that that sort of thing comes in that power imbalance but also in terms of adult women as well where um, you know how everyone, I remember at the time, everyone went on and on about how she was 15 years older than um, Ashton Kutcher when she married him, Ashton being her third husband. Um, and yet no one was commenting on the fact that Bruce Willis was married to someone who was, I think, 23 years younger than him. That's right. 
and that that having to and again so that's one aspect and then the other thing you said about how she commanded like a higher fee because of that she had to suffer names like gimme more in the um in the tabloid press simply because she was yes. asking for you know uh the same billing Equal as pay. men yeah and same billing as men so when you've got a movie you know uh, a poster coming out why shouldn't her name be up there and you know for everyone to see prominently um also things like in movies itself there was i, I like this thing where um uh, she was talking about a few good men, right? Where famously that um, you can't handle the truth, that thing with Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise, everyone remembers. Mm-hmm. Well, Demi Moore was in that movie too, did very well, I remember. Um, I think the movie executives or someone, I, I don't know who that was, but they asked if there was going to be a sex scene in the movie and they were told no. And then they were like, well, what's the point of her being a female? Why, why she could have been a male. A female? Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. I'm like, wow. Having to deal with all of that, well, amazing. Yeah, it, you know, Nissa, um, Hollywood is sexist. I mean, I guess um, uh, it, the whole entertainment field is in lots of ways. Um, so that's probably par for the course. But, yeah, I don't know. Have things changed? Are women, um, like, are, are roles gender sort of neutral now? I mean, I know sometimes, uh, you know, in major movies that are made throughout the world they'll sort of flip genders and you know just to sort of mix it up and make it interesting so there is sort of a bit more uh, opportunity for women these days yeah because I mean bear in mind this was was this all happening with Demi more in the what I suppose the 90s yeah, yeah. well but Manly. some some of it though the Ashton Kutcher stuff that was within the last decade so oh. I just, yeah, I find it amazing. Like, and the way all the you know tabloid newspapers uh, they've they've been picking cherry picking bits from the the book to you know um, mm-hmm. present a sensationalist sort of news. Um, and at the Ashton one, for example, quite a bit because he cheated on her. She had a miscarriage, which was you know quite heartbreaking to read because I had no idea that she was actually pregnant yeah. um, with his child. So you've got all of that coming out. Um, but when you actually read the book, he's not. He's only in the last fifth, one-fifth of the book. So he's not even that big a part, but that is one of the things that they've really taken and just, you know, just, oh, what's Ashton's reaction? What is Mila Kunis's reaction? What is Demi's yeah, reaction? What's their response? Yeah, they've run with the tabloid aspects of the story. Absolutely. And it is much, much more than that. You know, it's a really interesting sociological take on the life of a working class you know, probably ill-parented um, young woman who has a tremendous, um, I don't know, sort of resilience. Yeah, I mean, she's self-made. She, you know, didn't come from a particularly privileged background. She became a model. Then she married someone who gave her the name, her surname that she's known for. You know, she commits infidelity the night before she gets married. She confesses to that, of course, in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she drinks a lot. Um, she's sober for about 20 years then she does drugs again uh you know the miscarriage um gets divorced two more times after that um she loses contact with her daughters after they're you know sort of fed up with how she was out of control in terms of her drug addiction and i just it's it's such a journey that she goes through it is and and i mean the 
impression that I think most people have is that Demi Moore is self-indulgent and that she's an exhibitionist because there was often photographs on Instagram of her, you know, posing by the pool in her bikini, mm. looking stunning at 50. Yeah. And so, you know, the impression was that she was a bit of an airhead, but in fact, I don't think she is at all. And I think this is a very worthy um, biography to read and... Uh, you know, sort of really touches on important um, human rights aspects and women's yeah. rights and, you know, the Me Too movement and, you know, just sort of, you know, I think how it's possible to um, survive in a machine like the Hollywood machine. Yeah. And, you know, there's lots of um, comparisons also with our next book that we can make some commonalities that we can touch on, you know, yeah. the as you said, the price of celebrity. Yeah, I mean that she definitely... Debbie Moore has had to pay the price and, you know, mm. a social media, I guess, doesn't make it any easier. I mean, back in the day, things were difficult enough, of course, with sexism and, well, a different sort of, well, I guess, a bit more pronounced form of sexism or obvious form of sexism that exists now. Having to deal with all of that, I mean, that's that's magnified many times over when you're dealing with a society where social media is just everywhere and everything is amplified, everything you do or you say, or, and that's Demi talks about that. Yeah. Um, but you yeah. have to be a really strong person to survive um, in Hollywood and in the world. Especially when, when you're a pioneer, yeah. as she was for um, many things, including, yeah. like you said, the billing and the Vanity Fair cover, which was imitated a number of times after oh, that. Yeah, that was very iconic, actually. And I'd forgotten about that because, you know, I mean, I assumed when I saw it, it was, you know, just being quite exhibitionist. Exactly. Not inappropriate, but, you know, like, why? But, you know, now I can see that, you know, she just sort of, I mean, the photograph was by Annie Leibovitz, for God's sake. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there's definitely artistic merit, yeah. if not anything else. But yeah. there's much more. It's, you know, it's her family and her you know, um, sort of uh, becoming a mother. Yeah, it's always hardest for the pioneers, I think. And, um, yeah. yeah, so definitely a, a great book to read, easy book to read. You've got uh, three sections of photographs in them. I, I immediately went to those, as one does. Um, so, like, a quick, easy read, but definitely one that, um, you know, sheds light on someone that we think we know, but actually we don't. Yeah, and that's um, a, it is always fun to look at the photographs of um, celebrities when, you know, their kids, you know, sort of playing in the backyard. Exactly, which takes us to our next book, A Woman Like Her. Um, the full title is... Oh, I've lost it. Okay, A Woman Like Her, The Short Life of Gandil Baloch. Oh, um, well said, Nissa. Yeah, so... Gandil Baloch, she was a social media star. Um, she was only around really for three, four, five years. Um, and the reason why we thought, uh, it's a, re a recently published book, the reason why we thought it would pair well with the Demi Moore book was because uh, the focus is on this particular social media star who um, lived in Pakistan. Um, but also the book talks a lot about... Um, issues around social media where social media and internet connectivity via mobile phones and so forth um, has spread in parts of the world that are in some ways are still very conservative or have very conservative pockets um, and it's that clash of conservative values or conservative norms plus you know social media and the internet opening them up opening their eyes up to this whole world out there that they can explore and how they, they deal with that, how a country deals with that um, and, you know, sort of centred around the life of this particular person. 
Um, Catherine, we both read the book. Uh, what did you think about Gandil Baloch? Or perhaps you could set up by telling us who she was. Oh, thanks, Nissa. Look, um, really interesting book. I must say, I didn't know much about this woman's story. But um, what, what is really interesting is it, it's a classic, I suppose, um, uh, culture, you know, the meeting of, of extreme cultural values. Because I understand that um, she had been a social media star for some years. And it was only when you know, a, a certain trigger events happened that the tragedy that ensued, which, oh, this is not a spoiler alert, but, you know, obviously this book addresses honour killings, which is, you know, sort of a, um, you know, just a horrible kind of um, cultural tradition in some countries, particularly Middle Eastern, and, um, you know, which really happily has provoked a change in the law in Pakistan, which is great. So, but um, as I was saying to you, I was really struck by the fact that after her having attained celebrity, you know, had a few controversies with her sort of relationship or friendship with the Mufti, uh, that's a clerical... Um, you a know, cleric, basically. A, a yeah. cleric, um, which was pretty unheard of and pretty not uh, halal, I would think, <laughs> at all. Um, but the, I think the real issue was that it was discovered that um, Kanil Belush actually was a country girl from just a very ordinary family in a regional area in Pakistan. And it was only then that her family, like mainly her brother and some associates, associates decided that she'd gone too far and that the, the family name had been dishonoured because her real identity had been um, revealed because, you know, that was kind of her celebrity name. So, uh, you know, that, that was very interesting to me, the fact that, I mean, there's, there's very many grey areas around it, I know, because there was lots of rumours about how, you know, her, her brothers were really, you know, they had uh, ulterior motives because she had made some money and so there was... Well, she was supporting them, mind you. Well, I mean, that's With her not, ill-gotten gains, quote-unquote. Yeah. And, I mean, that's not uncommon in celebrity families. You know, I know in the Demi Moore book, um, you know, she she was really um, um, supporting people, in everyone in her family, you know, for at some stages of her career. I mean, the difference is, that, of course, she's quite a wealthy woman and she's still alive. But, I mean, the similarity is that they suffered, they were trolled on uh, social media, Quandil uh, Baluch actually paid the ultimate price, but that was more to do with cultural, you know, values in that country than anything else. Yeah. But a tragedy. But her legacy, I'm pleased to say, is that you know there's some progress yeah. in the laws in in a country like Pakistan. So, Nissa, what do you think? Yeah. Look, so. Just to give a bit of background, um, Gandil was, I think she appeared in Pakistan Idol in 2013. I think she was about 23 years of age. And then she died at about age 26. So she really wasn't... She was out there on social media, like everywhere, for about three or four years. So it hasn't... I mean, there's really a blip compared to the, the long career of Demi Moore. Mm. Um but what she did during that time, so like you said, Catherine, she was from, you know, a, a humble background um, and 
the whole what she was trying to do basically was i mean you could see on the surface you could see okay well she's a bit of a vacuous bimbo right because essentially what she was doing from what i understand she was going on chat shows and television shows and putting out um i think po- uh, videos on facebook uh, she was offering to do a strip tease uh for the i think the pakistani cricket team if they want to match against india um she she also made some sort of public offer of marriage to the then prime minister or maybe i don't know if he was prime minister then or not but imran khan um so she was doing all these pretty risque things you know for the society there now it, that's not to say that there aren't people in that country doing things like that or females doing things like that but they tend to be from upper middle classes and therefore they are protected like you said that thing about demi she's wealthy and protected well it's the same in a place like Pakistan where it, it can be quite um conservative um in in either pockets or in general uh but you know class does give you certain agency right you can get away with certain things and um i think the fact that she you know didn't come from even though she claimed to be from a um, you know i think a, a rich landowning family or whatever yeah, she, she was she wasn't from that so therefore she wasn't protected from the consequences of you know um behaving as she did i guess so like i said i mean a lot of what she did was you know i think someone compared her to like a kim kardashian figure mind, mind you kim kardashian was from a privileged is from a privileged background so it's not a completely adequate um analogy but you sort of get that sort of a figure where you're out there you're making statements you're pouting you're dressing up it's 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 a bit of a vanity project um, um you can see the similarities yes yeah. where her importance comes i guess for a lot of people is the mm-hmm. fact that because she liked celebrity because she liked fame she liked getting her face out there she liked making a name for herself she did a bit of modeling uh, did a little bit of singing did a little bit of acting um but she wasn't really you know an expert in any of those areas or really accomplished in any of those areas so she liked to put her face out there she'd get um you know brought on to chat shows and stuff i think for the shock value as well um when she would go there i the important thing is she would point out the hypocrisy of society and that's i think that is what got her a lot of fans as well um people who would otherwise look down on her so um i think she was polit- i think someone said something to her once on a chat show and she said and this is a quote um when politicians go to mudras so mudras are dance parties when politicians go to mudras and watch girls dance for them don't they realize that this is a pakistani girl where does their honor go then so this is when people are talking about honor mm. and stuff and which That's is a really ab- good point exactly it's a really good point yeah. and then on another um chat show i think uh, one of the hosts said to her um don't you know how many homes you have destroyed she goes why don't you people start teaching viewers how to pray during these shows instead fair enough i mean they brought her there for shock value and then moralizing so she would point out the hypocrisy of that um and again the thing that you mentioned with the the she cl- was a clever woman yeah you know she could really think on her feet oh yeah and the thing you said about the cleric the the origins of that i think were she went on a show they had her and they also had the cleric there of course shock value so the media yeah. is complicit in it um they had both of them there i think they struck up a rapport or whatever but they were meant to be on opposing sides then somehow she ended up in his hotel room or he ended up in hers she posted it on social media some of the pictures where she's playfully wearing his cap and all of that which is kind of inappropriate behavior um and then that got everyone or people who are you know a certain group were triggered basically by by images of that so she was quite provocative that way um but it had like this great consequence of um 
sort of bringing out or demonstrating how hypocritical society is in terms of gender relationships and how there's one set of rules for one gender and one set of rules for another. And all those people preaching piety, what they're doing behind the scenes, Mm. um, as in the case of this cleric. Um, So it was, I think for that, she made, she, she brings a lot of value for that sort of stance. And that's what people are choosing to remember after her tragic death, of course, at the hands of her brother um point yeah one and like you said um i think the 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 law that was brought was called prevention of electronic crimes act 2016 Mm. and that is very important because the book isn't just about her um no it's really a a sort of a, a sociological portrait of um pakistan of certain classes, of the media, yeah, and it politics. Does, yeah, and one of the major focuses, probably almost as much as the focus on her, is a focus on social media oh. um, and cybercrime in the country and how underdeveloped the laws are around cybercrime. Oh. So um, one of the things... Like many developing countries, there is no law that addresses cybercrime. Exactly. They haven't caught up with it yet, and that's the problem when you've got something like... Um, you know, you, you've brought the internet, you've brought, um, you know, internet access on everyone's phones, you've brought all of that. I mean, I think there was a statistic in the book that said Pakistan has 44 social, 44 million social media users, 33 million of whom are on Facebook. Mm. Um, so in response to that, you've got a lot of cybercrime. You've got things like, um, you know, uh, so there's sort of revenge porn. There's a lot of that going around. People putting or uh, bribing, you know, women um, by threatening to put, uh, you know, their their faces on the bodies of you know new models. And in a conservative society like that, if her family found out, a girl's family found out, that would oh. be, you know, there are consequences to that. Yeah, so that would be horrific for things the girls. Like that. And then but- when they've brought it to the government's attention or to the police's attention, the claim is that they don't have resources to fight it. Oh. But Oddly enough, there's always resources to fight cases of alleged blasphemy or when they want to, um, you know, uh, sort of look at the social media accounts of political party rivals and stuff. Suddenly Uh that's when, you know, there are all these requests being sent to Facebook or Twitter. But when it comes to actually fighting cybercrime, um, there's a bit more reluctance there. So her death, as horrible and sad as it was, did give enough impetus for them to sort of you know, get ahead with trying to pass mm. certain laws. That's a really good thing. But, you know, I was really struck, Nessa, by the, um, you know, um, the sort of commonality in the trolling that uh, occurs on on social media because uh, in the book they do describe, like, some of the terrible things they were saying about this woman and, you know, like, she deserved it and kill yourself. And, I mean, that's not uncommon in Western societies. No, it's probably um, what Demi Moore's faced herself as well, even yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, Clementine Ford, I remember in Fight Like a Girl, I mean, she was, you know, getting the most horrible, you know, sort of comments on her social media. And it was very, very similar to, you know, yeah. what the, you know, this uh, young woman also suffered. So... Isn't that interesting? You know, human beings do tend to, I mean, when you get to the lowest common denominator, human nature can be really nasty. Let's hope (laughs) that, um, yeah, there's going to be some improvements in 
you yeah. know, behavior on social media. Absolutely. But we're still waiting. Well, yeah, she, I mean, she paid the ultimate price for fame, like we said. Um, the book itself, uh, it was written by, I think we mentioned in the beginning, um, this journalist called um, Sanam Mahaju, uh, sorry, Sanam Meher. Um, and, you know, it's it's a readable book. It is, look, it, it goes, it's sort of third-person narrative. So, mm. you know, she talks about um, uh, sort of the story from the point of view of, you know, um, Kandil, what she did, um, you know, her family, her friends, the lawyer, the co-workers, um, various media personalities. Uh, so you do get a, I feel like a very well, and also all the other people that are involved in um, improving social media issues and cybercrime in Pakistan, um, mm. sort of penalties around cybercrime in Pakistan. So I thought it was very well-rounded book, very readable. Um, I think it's the first book by this particular journalist, so I think she's done a, a good job. I don't know if this version is any different from the one that was published in India the mm. year before. Um probably because it includes updates that might be the only difference but I felt it was a very readable book yeah absolutely and you know uh, far more important really than just the story of this young uh, woman who you know tragically died because in you know many ways it's sort of it's pointing in it's it's sort of pointing the finger at what goes on in all of our societies but of course particularly so in very conservative societies so yeah, you can see it certainly is a book about the price of um, celebrity. So, Nissa, I think that's uh, that for us. Yeah. And um, so we're going to uh, sign off at this point. We will. We have uh, both books in the collection. Mm -hmm. I think we have probably a few copies of each, so definitely reserve it today. Uh, you will not regret it. They're both quite interesting books to read. Mm. Um, if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, you can find us on our blog, Para Reads. Uh, you can find this one directly on iTunes podcasts under Parapods or on Podbean, the app. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, great being with you. Bye. See ya. Material presented in this podcast is for general information only. Any opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the guest speaker and do not necessarily represent the views of City of Parramatta Council. The City of Parramatta Council is not responsible for any injury, loss or damage which you may directly or indirectly suffer in connection with this podcast.